0: Praise the Lord! I'm glad that all of you are in the house of the Lord. I appreciate our young uh, youth class being here. I know they don't often get to be in here. They, uh, brother Nick, had uh, some uh, school uh, situations he had to go to, and I know brother Avery is uh, working here doing our our music. I appreciate. Uh, all of our youth, the youth are not the church of tomorrow, they're our church of today. Amen? Amen. And um, I appreciate them uh, being uh, here, and I know we have Hyphen and uh, High Life uh, meeting, and we also have uh, Grief Share, (coughs) excuse me, going on and uh, other things going on around the building, but we're glad that uh, all of you could be uh, with us tonight. I started uh, Sunday morning talking about completion and I, I just began to talk about the book of Colossians and to look at it and I, I, I have to say that this um, sermon is in many senses going to be incomplete because there's so much and that could be taught and preached on every verse and i was going through them rapidly but i hope it will be uh, a little bit of food for thought for those of you who study the bible on your own that you will go back and read (coughs) some of the verses and uh, let uh, the, the word of the lord strengthen you because um, I mentioned the first part of this, uh, the second chapter in the 10th verse, it says, you are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and power. And that means that our standing with Christ is complete. Uh, there is nothing that you need uh, do extra. Uh, it is complete. It's all in him. He is Uh, When you get him, get in a relationship with him, not only get in him, but get him in you, you are complete. And yet, uh, later on in the same book, toward the end of the book, Paul said about Epaphras, which is probably one of the ministers or the pastor of the church at Colossae, uh, that he was always laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete. So Paul was wraps up his fourth chapter, of course, this original letter didn't have chapters, but he wraps up this letter by saying he is doing, he is praying that you will be complete. Now, how could it be that you are complete, or you are praying that you, in your standing, you're complete? And it's, it is what has often plagued um, uh, theologians to, uh, and people have misstated uh, some verses, taken them out of context, and they've tried to say, you know, anything that you do is in fact somehow um, uh, a work. And yet, you know, it is, yes, it can be if you are doing it for salvation, or doing it for points from God, but if you are doing it because you want to be complete in Him, then there's a whole different understanding and a whole different motive. And I I mentioned to you that the first couple of chapters, it's like the store shelves, you know, they can be empty. Because people take things off of them, and yet uh, (coughs) you have to restock. And we looked at human logic and uh, reasoning where, you know, you are missing something in your life. And there are people that search for that. I'm missing, I I wish I had this. I just don't have this in my life. And I'm here to tell you that if you will get in him and him in you, you can feel complete. Complete. You're not missing anything. Say, well, I would like to have, uh, I would like to be ha- have a house. I would like to have, you fill in the blank, a new computer, uh, whatever, and then I'll feel good. And most of us have gone through those things because we have felt like, oh, if I could just drive, if I could just be old enough, you know, if I didn't have anybody, I can't wait till I'm the mama. I can't wait till I'm the daddy. I can't wait till I... Nobody tells me what to do. And we've all lived long enough to realize guess what? I don't know that you ever get to that point. Whether it's a doctor or a lawyer, or a butcher, a baker, a candlestick maker, somebody's always got something. You know? <laughs> and come around tax time, there's somebody that'll tell you what to do whether you like it or not. Huh? You say, well, I I just want, you know, I want to operate by uh, grace, not works. And we talked some about all of that, and we got down the end of the first chapter, got into the second chapter, and he talks about, uh, <clears throat> here at the second chapter and hopefully I can plow through second chapter, third chapter, and fourth chapter because the second chapter is all about getting our vertical relationship right with God. And he says in that, in those verses, he said um, here in the second chapter, well, um, in, in fact, let me go back uh verse nine of the first chapter, because I just kind of wanted to point out in verse nine, he says, for this cause since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. And what was the prayers? He had a three-pronged prayer. Paul was telling them, we've been praying, that you would number one, be filled with the knowledge of his will with all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you would be filled with knowledge. Number two, that you would walk worthy of the Lord, being fruitful and increasing in knowledge. And number three, that you would be strengthened with all might. So those three things, number one, filled up, that you stay full. And in this hour, it is hard to stay full of the Holy Ghost. There's always somebody taking something off the shelves. You know, you, uh, you think, well, I'm going to, you can start off the day. I'm going to just be nice today. I'm going to be kind today. I'm going to be loving today. I'm going to be spiritual today. And it won't be long until somebody is, Taking all of that to the point where the shelf is empty and I've lost my patience. Not you all, me. Huh? Then he said, not only that, that you walk worthy. And I know none of us are worthy, but that we walk, that, that it, this translates from vertical to our actions and that we're fruitful. And then that third, that we're strengthened. Then he said, number uh, one, I start giving thanks. What what can I give thanks for? Today's been a horrible day. It's been a a tough day. This happened, that happened. What do you have to give thanks for? Well, he said three things. He said, number one, give thanks that we can be partakers of the inheritance. What is the inheritance? The Bible says that the Holy Ghost is the earnest of our inheritance. What a, I can be a partaker of the inheritance of the Lord. So if you don't have anything to thank God for, except that the fact that one day you can, you've got that inheritance, You can plug into the Holy Ghost. Who, number two, hath delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. I am thankful for the delivering power of the Holy Ghost. You say, well, okay, but I'm still wrestling with that. But guess what? I was delivered from that and put into a new kingdom. And you know, sometimes people say, well, pastor, but I still struggle. But you know what? When you realize, guess what? I know that I don't, I'm struggling, but I wanna conquer this. I'm believing, I need prayer to, because people that are in the world they don't even realize that they're bound. They think it's all good. Then number three, that we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So those are three things that you can thank God for. One day he forgave me. One day I was buried in his name. I have this wonderful sense of forgiveness. So he said he hath translated us, he hath redeemed us. What a powerful sense of, of those kinds of feelings. Now we go through the end of that first chapter and we started in the second chapter. He said, I know that you are in great conflict that I, I if you knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea. And these are two churches. Uh, One was in Colossae, one was in Laodicea, and probably you remember Laodicea as being one of the churches, seven churches that John wrote to. And for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. So this is the verse why we say Paul may have never, ever been to this church before, but he's sending a letter to him. He says, that their hearts may be comforted, knit together in love and all riches of full assurance of understanding <clears throat> to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and the Father of Jesus Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this I say, lest any man beguile you with enticing words. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you have therefore received Christ, so walk ye in him. And that was the verse we got to because I talked Sunday night about walking like a hen or a duck. And there are some folks that, you know, (coughs) walk the best they can do is like a hen. That's better than a duck. But guess what? The Lord wants us to fly. Hallelujah. So he said, rooted, built up, established, because you've been taught, abounding therein with, what's the word? Thanksgiving. Then he said, watch out, beware, lest any man spoil you from philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men and not after the rudiments of the world and after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. And now Paul is going to hammer who Jesus is in this second chapter. It's a one God apostolic chapter. It's amazing. He says, for in him, that's Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So when somebody tries to tell you, you don't believe in the Godhead, I do. I believe in Jesus. It's fulfilled, all of it's in him. the old song was the mighty god is jesus and it's all in him and he says you are complete where in him which is the head of all principality and power you know and obviously you as i said all these verses you could spend a long time with because If he is the head of all principalities and power and we're part of the body, guess what? We don't have to worry about principalities and power. That's why he said you can step on it because the head has the power in whom you were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. Now, what is that t- circumcision talking about? It's the putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Notice the colon. What is the circumcision of Christ? It is buried with him, Christ, in baptism. So when you, somebody says, well, it doesn't matter how you're baptized. Yes, it does, because you want to be buried with Him in baptism, wherein you are risen with Him. That's what baptism is all about. You know, you say, well, in the name, it doesn't matter what name. Yes, there was only one guy that was crucified and buried and rose again. You say, well, that was the Father. Well, I agree with you. Well, that was the spirit. Well, I can agree with all of that, but the name was in the name of Jesus Christ. That's why we go down in Jesus' name and we come up because we are buried with him and we are raised through with him through faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. You being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together, having forgiven you all trespasses. And then he just, he he talks about laws and ordinances and stuff that you, you know, most of us have violated, whether it's you know, I've never murdered anyone. I've never, but, but most of us have some law. He said, he blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. So every time When you look at whether, you know, you go, wow, Jesus died and we Easter and all of that, but all of that is proof that guess what? That blood was able to break all of the laws that were against us. So in other words, the devil can't say, look, but you broke this, you did this, you did that. Yeah, I did, but we nailed that one to the cross. And the debt's been paid. And that's one of those things that we give thanks for. Then he said, having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Then he gets, and these verses, a lot of times people, I've, I've seen them go to these verses and they, they've they said, it doesn't matter what you do, it doesn't matter how you act. Well, you look you got to stay in context here. He said, let no man judge you in meat or drink or respect of a holy day or new moon or of Sabbath days. And and I I put here because, and the Jews honor the Sabbath. And Paul was saying, don't let somebody judge you According, well, you know, we don't do this and we don't do that. And he said, all of those things are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. So that's why... When you look through the Old Testament and all the Old Testament laws and all the dietary restrictions and all the things, it was not that the Lord was saying that, you know, you you don't have to those are not don't have purpose they don't have uh, value they don't have merit but they are fulfilled in Christ they were a schoolmaster to lead us to Christ it's like the 10 commandments thou shall not kill thou shall not lie thou shalt not bear false witness etc cetera, etc cetera. you say well it's all done in Christ and i can do any of that now you've missed it and stay with me because paul's going to nail that wrong thinking because right here he said, let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels. Because there are people that have unfortunately Let me finish this next verse, intruding into those things which he hath not seen vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. And I have seen folks that, you know, they've got a new doctrine and they've got a new revelation and they've got they have seen angels and they have seen this. And I had an angel come and speak to me last night and he told me, and and before long, it's all about what this is happening to me and the focus is on what I've done and what I've got and where I am. And you know where the focus is off of? The Lord. And people, believe it or not, have fallen for that kind of stuff. And we've seen it, Jim Jones and others, that you don't need the Bible, just follow me. You don't need to see what the Word says, just follow me. I've got a word from God for you. Let me tell you, I've got a word of God from you. And I got, and you know what? People kind of, ooh, that's pretty cool. That's neat. He got a word from God. Let me just tell you, but it never should supersede a word from God. Amen. Christ is where it's at. That's why. one place, Paul said, even if an angel from heaven preaches another gospel. So he goes on here, not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered. That's a powerful verse because what he's saying is the joints and the bands are supposed to strengthen each other. That's what the church is all about. Now I know my head takes in food and it goes through my digestive system, but he said all of this is interconnected. You see? And he said that's where the nourishment knit together Increased with the increase of God. Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, as though living in the world, are you subject to ordinances? Now, I've had people tell me, oh, you see there, you don't even have to follow the law. You don't have to be subject to any law. You don't have to do anything that the law says. Wait a minute. What he is saying is that the law is not greater than Christ. So he was teaching the Jews don't don't feel like, oh, well, this is more important than my relationship with God. It's not. And then he even gets very specific, and he says, regardless if it's touch not, taste not, handle not. And I know we've we've we have been guilty as probably numerous churches that you fall into religion (laughs) to the point that you major on the touch not, taste not, handle not more than the live for God, you know? and we preach this, if if you're really saved, you're not gonna do that, and you're not gonna do that, and you're not gonna do that, and while I can agree with that, if you're not careful before long, that's all that it feels like it matters. And then you have people pretending, you know, well, I'll do that. I, I I don't wanna do it where the preacher will see me, but I'll go somewhere else. Oh yeah, you've missed it. Sorry, I think Jesus knows. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you may say, well, I, I just thought I, I'm sorry. He said, which all are to perish with the using. You know, well, you got to do this. That's more important than your relationship with God. I'm sorry, there's nothing that's more important than that. He said, after the commandments and doctrines of men, which things have indeed a show of wisdom. And then he uses a phrase that has been, um, I, I have looked at, he says, of wisdom in will worship. Will worship. You know what will worship is? That you are so proud of your strong willpower. Well, when you get saved, you won't do this. And if you don't do it, and I'm glad I didn't do it, and I haven't done it, and it all becomes about what I didn't do as opposed to what he did. I'm telling you, my willpower, it's not about my will you understand you say well humility neglecting of the body not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh in other words that and there's nobody here like this but I have known people that were proud they were humble huh Just look at me. How humble I am. I don't. I. I'm. I am so humble. If I'm doing it for show of humility, and you've heard me say, you know, the politicians, man, on Thanksgiving can go to the food line and serve mashed potatoes for the photo op. And there's nothing wrong with that. But who feeds them September? (laughs) You know, April. (laughs) You follow me? And so he said, neglecting of the body to the honor of the satisfying of the flesh going right on into chapter 3. If you be risen with Christ, now he's fixing to turn this on its ear and talk about our relationships out. Seek those things which are where? Above. Where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Now, I know people have turned that and said, look, there's two. Well, there's only one throne in heaven. This right hand of God had to do with power. If you don't believe he knew that, read the second chapter where he said, all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in him bodily. But he said, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then you shall appear with him and glorify. And then he uses the mortician word. What is that? Mortify, kill, you know, talk it into leaving. It's not talk it into leaving. If you mortify something, it's pretty drastic. You say, oh, pastor, I don't don't know if you have to be, you know, way out there. Paul was pretty way out there. He said, stop doing these things. And then you read the list. And for those of you who have a blue letter and you wanna go through the Greek word of what is fornication, what is uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry, Man, those are some pretty heavy-duty words. If you don't know what they are, you need to look them up. And if you're doing them, you need to mortify them. He said, for these which sake, the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience because they're all sins of the flesh. He said, you used to walk in them sometime and you lived in them. And then he says this word, now put off. Now he gets not just the sins of the flesh, but he goes to things like anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth, telling things that are filthy, talking filthy, And unfortunately, we have a society now that it's like nothing's off limits. You say whatever you want to whomever you want. And you go, well, in fact, I I was reading an article. I, I didn't see the interview, but they were talking about Football players, I think it was, that was how many times now that the networks have to have a bleep button? Huh? Because out of their mouth is just bleep, bleep, bleep. I told the bleep, bleep, bleep. And that's just, oh, I know what he said. And we all go, yeah, (laughs) I know. And and it's considered funny. It's considered hilarious. And Paul said, you don't need to have that kind of stuff. Don't lie. Inward sins, mouth sins. Anybody been guilty? I don't want you to raise your hand and have put on, so you put things off, but you also have to put on something. It's not enough to say, well, I'm not doing that, but am I putting on this? What was it? He said, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, Greek nor Jew, circumcision, uncircumcision, Jew or Gentile, barbarian, barbarian, Scythian, Bond or free, Christ is all in all. In other words, he just nails racism and prejudice and all of that. Paul basically said, I don't care. There's no flesh distinction. He says, put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of what? Mercy. Oh, it's supposed to flow from your guts. Kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Here's another whole list that if you want to get depressed, Read this one in the blue letter. Forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any of you have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, well, I, I don't like this and I don't like that. And I, let me just tell you, Paul was nailing it to the Corinthians, Colossians rather. And above all, put on love which is the bond of perfectness, charity was the love, and then let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you are called in one body and be ye thankful. Let the word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. Stir up trouble, fight with somebody find out, well, did you hear that? I'm going to let you know. Well, how did he say admonish? In songs and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. who, kind of amazing, isn't it? Now, you say, well, the Lord doesn't care how you act. I think Paul's nailing this. In fact, he said, whatsoever you do, in word or deed. What does that mean? Remember, I'm doing it in the name of Jesus because I am in him and he's in me. And so if I go to this party, come on, Jesus, we're going to this party. Do all. Well, come on, Jesus. We're going we're gonna to look at this website for a while. Me and you, Jesus. Look here what we've just found. If people would do that, I hope it would stop some of their poor behavior. Huh? Well, just look, me and you, Jesus. We're going to go and do this. He said... When you understand that you are in Christ and Christ is in you, that you're taking him everywhere you're going, whatsoever you do in word or deed, well, I just told them, now, would Jesus have said that? Do you want Jesus to say that to you? Whew. You want... I, I just let the hammer down. I just let them know, I gave them, I gave them the what for. Oh Lord, I don't want the hammer down on me, right. huh? And then he goes through. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives. Children, obey your parents in all things. This is pleasing to the Lord. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm probably not catching up with you. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger. My, my girls found that verse, quoted it to me. <clears throat> Lest they be discouraged. I heard that one a lot. I'm getting discouraged, Dad. And since it was the word, it was hard for me to go, I'm going to show you discouraged. (laughs) Huh? Servants, obey your masters. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily with all your might as unto whom, the Lord, and not unto men. And so young people, when you're going to school, you're not working for you, you are working as unto the Lord. You want your testimony. I did this, I did my best, I studied my hardest, I read the material, I do it heartily as unto the Lord. Why? Because. I'm in him, and he's in me, and I'm supposed to be the lighthouse. I'm supposed to be the store where people go, wow, there's something different about you. Oh, well, I I don't want to be one of those, uh, you know, nerdy brainiacs, so I just, I I don't do much. I just kind of blow it off. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to make you a brainiac either, but I'm telling you, do it with everything. Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of inheritance for you serve the Lord." And I've told young people, don't be discouraged. If you try, if you believe that, you know, I want to go and I want to be an engineer, and if you do your best, you study, you do all, and, and it, the door shut and you don't pass the courses, do not, you're not serving your own degree. Don't be discouraged about that. You serve the Lord. Say, Lord, what do you want me to do? If it's simply, I'm gonna take out the trash, I'm gonna be the absolute best sanitation engineer that the world has seen. And you say, well, pastor, are you saying they shouldn't try to do better? No, do your best, but do it as unto the Lord because you are not serving yourself, you are serving him. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. And there is no respect of persons. It doesn't matter who my mom, dad were. If I've done wrong, doesn't matter. Colossians, the fourth chapter, we're going to race through it. He goes on with masters, that would be like employers, give your servants that which is just and equal. In other words, don't cheat people, knowing that you have a master in heaven. And then he starts in, continue in prayer, watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying for us that God would open a door for utterance Notice this verse, praying for us also for us that he would get me out of jail. In this same verse he said, for which I am also in bonds, I am in jail right now. Now he wasn't in jail for having beat somebody up or sold drugs or But you know what? What does he say? Pray for me for? That there will be a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ. This is why Paul didn't think it nuts that at midnight, hallelujah, one day. Huh? Because he wasn't worried about getting out. There, got, there must be somebody here yeah. that needs to hear. Think about it. Huh? What I'd been through. He was always asking for a door of utterance. He goes on that I may make manifest as I ought to speak, that I walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. He said some amazing things. Let your speech be with grace, seasoned with salt. It's not hard to tell somebody off. It's harder to season it with grace. Huh? And what, what does that word grace mean? unmerited, undeserved. Well, I just had to tell them because you don't know what they did. Ooh, Lord. Seasoned with salt, that means that it tastes good. You know how to answer every man. Then he starts going through heroes of that time, Tychicus, Onesimus, later a faithful and beloved brother. Remember, this was the slave that in Philemon, Paul wrote, you need to receive him. Aristarchus, Marcus, sister's son to Barnabas. Joshua or Jesus, which is called Justice, who were Jews, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, this is the verse we read at the very beginning of this, laboring fervently for you in prayers that you can stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. I bear him record for the great zeal of them which are in Laodicea and the Heropolis, Luke, the beloved physician who wrote the book of Luke, and Demas, who later, what did Demas do? So Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Salute the brothers which are in Laodicea, Demphus, and the church which is in his house. And when this epistle is read among you, cause it to be read in the church of the Laodiceans, and you also read the letter that I sent from Laodicea. So they were sending these letters out, and he was trying to encourage them, and he said, Say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received of the Lord, received in the Lord, that you fulfill it. That's an amazing verse because he said, the Lord will give you a ministry, but you've got to fulfill it. If you want, you know, if somebody says, well, I just want to be used of God, the Lord will use you, but you've got to be willing to let him use you. This salute, salutation by the hand of me, Paul, And then here again, he tells them that he's in jail. Remember my bonds. Grace be with you, amen. What are you saying? This book of Colossians is full. Every one of these verses, you could easily spend a long time on because he says, he goes through chapters one and two, talking about our connection and relationship with God. And then he goes into chapter 3 and 4, dealing with our relationship with others and ourselves and stopping doing some of the things that people have been doing. (coughs) He goes through a whole list of the sins of the flesh, sins of... (coughs) the emotions, sins of the mouth, I dare say somebody has probably at one point or time fallen prey to those. And when you do, the enemy comes in and says, well, you're never going to be able to conquer this. Well, that's where you go, wait a minute. I am complete in him. You said, Well, are you talking about? And we have an ACTS program. Sister Denise is here, and we talk about how to set up boundaries. And, you know, you can have an anger management and count to uh, 50 or 5 million or whatever. Calm down. We have things that we can do to help people put boundaries around their life. But ultimately, Getting back into the presence of God is what brings the grace and peace. Gives you the strength. Because when you're trying to do it on your will, power, and your might, you're destined to fall. Because it's not by might, not by power, not by my will, but by his spirit. And so when, when somebody tells me, I'm just really struggling, I'm really battling battle, and I don't see them in the altar worshiping, and I don't see them praising God, and I don't see them with their hands up, and I don't see them reading their Bible, I'm thinking somewhere you've missed the importance of having the shelves stocked, having something there in the pantry that when this enemy comes in, you can raise up a standard, you can fight it, you can resist it, not by your willpower, but by his spirit. And I know, I just released some very staggering statistics this past week of our children, grades plummeting, suicides, skyrocketing among our school-aged kids. And our school-aged kids are in here tonight. I didn't ask them specifically to be in here. Brother Nick had to be gone, we talked. I said, I let them come in, I want them to hear. Why, because in this hour, we are under spiritual attack. And so you've got to stay spiritual. You can think, oh, well, it's okay. It's not okay. We are in the last days. Wickedness has increased repeatedly. This is what we need. Let's stand. Good to have all of you in the house of the Lord And um, it's all in him. Mighty God is Jesus. It's all in him. There's a lot in this book that you can go back and read and reread. I tried to go through the whole thing quickly because it's all about being complete. And I want these young people to know that you will search all your life for completion or you can make up your mind at a young age. I'm gonna get complete in him. You know, I don't care what job you have. I don't, you say, well, if I pastored a church, I would be feel, I'd feel complete. Well, how big is that church? Where is that church? Huh? How many programs does your church have? You're not, there's nothing that will make you feel complete. Well, if I could have a new car, if I could have a new computer, if I had the new iPhone 14, man, oh man, I'd be complete. Cause you could almost ride that thing. Sorry, that's not gonna complete you. Coming into his presence coming into his spirit. That's where my completion comes. Let's raise our hands. Thank him for his word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.